Thank you for downloading this Desenio podcast. For more information, visit desenyodaily.com. We hope you enjoy the programme. Flyprint is a new technology that follows in the footsteps of Nike's existing Flynet. It's a way of 3D printing shoes, which reduces weight, keeps out moisture, and enables an entirely custom fit. It's the technology that the elite Kenyan long-distance runner Elliot Kipchoge used when he won the London Marathon, running in a new shoe developed according to his exact specifications, the Nike Zoom Vaporfly Elite Flyprint. To understand the design process behind the shoe and the technology behind Flyprint, Desenio met with Brett Schoolmeister, Nike's Senior Director for Global Running Footwear. The overall buzzword in the story will probably be 3D printing, but if I, if I had my choice, I would have it be about faster. And I think uh, a year ago we were talking to everybody about this shoe, the Vaporfly Elite Flyknit, uh, which was the biggest performance breakthrough we ever had at Nike Running. We were able to measure and claim we're making runners 4% more efficient, which we thought was going to enable them to run some of the world's fastest marathons, and it's proven true. They're running faster than ever before. So Elliot ran the fastest marathon ever at 2 hours and 25 seconds. We've won well over 75% of the podium spots on marathons throughout the year. Uh, so it's very, very uh, dominant, but we never want to look in the rear view and kind of pat ourselves on the back, so it's always about going forward. Um, the paradigm shift of the midsole was that um, Often racing shoes were about being lighter, lower, less weight, and we actually said, well, by adding more high-performance materials, it can offset some of that weight gain that we normally have um, tried to avoid. So the midsole needs what's in there to really work, but we still want to pull weight off of the shoe. Weight is the enemy of runners and efficiency. So knowing the midsole uh, couldn't afford to lose anything, we turned our focus to the upper. And so our team does unbelievable work when they have a clear problem to solve. They don't, even, they don't have to be easy problems to solve, but really clear problems to solve. So we knew we wanted to take out weight, we knew we wanted to take it away from the upper, so then it was about, alright, what's our best strategy, technology to get there? And that's when we kind of started looking at this you know, 3D printing. It's interesting that you mentioned the story is likely to be 3D printing, but you'd rather speak about faster. Because what Nike puts out is a very high-performance, highly developed technological product, right. right? There's a lot which goes into that. But it's interesting that the ethos of the company seems to want to talk about what that technology achieves rather than obsessing yes. over the process and the high-techness of it. A absolutely. I think our responsibility is to be able to tell athletes and people who want to buy our products or use our products, why is it better? So, you know... We, we shouldn't be selling any shoes based on, you know, technology, based on how it's better. I think the, the beauty here is we've made a better product. We've used 3D printing, but we've made a better product. That's really the takeaway. Because 3D printing, at least for a while, became very voguish. You saw a lot of products 3D printed for the sake of 3D printing. Exactly. Um, so it's interesting. So, so what, in the case of this shoe, what is 3D printing doing? So what we've done is by using 3D printing we're able to be more reductive and more surgical in where we place material and where we take it away and the end result of that is this this shoe overall shoe is six percent lighter than the Vaporfly Elite Flyknit and that is all coming just from the upper. So we've shaved 11 grams off upper to upper which gets us a six percent reduction. That's a meaningful amount of weight off. So to put that in context the you know we painted over the 4% uh, you know, efficiency gain, 
for every 100 grams of weight reduction, you get another percent. So 11 grams, that's 0.1%. And based on how finely tuned these athletes are, that's a, that's a meaningful difference. And it's on, on an already reductive upper. So when you think about the future and what we could do uh, in terms of performance gains in other products where uppers are more built up, um, it, it kind of gets us excited about this being the tip of the iceberg, for sure. Is that change something that an athlete would feel while they're running it? Yeah, so there is a sensation. One, it's, it is very comfortable on the foot. The athletes have told us that. They can definitely feel... Uh, when we first started testing, it was winter months, and the interesting thing is people thought that it was too cold. The, the breathability and the airflow through this upper, they definitely sensed in, in colder temperatures. was almost a problem. But we think that's going to be a very good thing for us going forward because... Um, 11 grams is probably hard to notice on the foot just perceptively, but you will notice it in your results at the end of the race. And that's one of the things that we noticed, um, or the feedback we got from Elliot Kipchoge was after his Berlin marathon, which was run in the rain, he noticed his shoes were heavier at the end of the race than they were at the beginning. And so when we showed him this, our intent was really to make a lighter weight product. And what he told us just looking at it was, wow, that's a lot more open and breathable, and this, this TPU won't absorb water. So while it's 11 grams difference at the start line, it might be an even bigger difference by the finish if it were to rain, which we knew was a serious possibility here in London. You know, he could be running through the rain, uh, and we think that at the finish line, he'll have a shoe that's really close to the same weight as it was at the, at the start line. So that's a serious uh, advantage. You mentioned the team works best when it has a specific problem that mm -hmm. it's working to solve. Wait, I think, you know, we, we often say we need to, or we always say we need to listen to the voice of the athlete and to hear what they're telling us. And in Elliot's case, and a lot of our athletes' case, they were saying, hey, it's perfect, don't change anything. And of course, that's not going to work for us. We always want to push forward. So in those kind of scenarios, we dig deeper for you know more meaningful insights, or we just go to the things that we know are always going to be on trend. Lightweight is always on trend. And we knew both performance and we knew we were going to get a distinct uh, you know, functional aesthetic as well, because when you're reductive, you create new forms. So the problem to solve was just to put it most simply, shave weight off. Um, the water drainage was something that uh, Elliot brought up after he saw the initial rounds, which again is in service of weight really at the end of the day. What about how that dialogue between the design team and the runners work? Because Nike bases a lot on feedback from athletes mm -hmm. and that being an important part of the process. But as you say, I imagine sometimes that's quite hard to translate into a design outcome or into mm -hmm. the kind of observation which you can then work with on that team. So how does that dialogue happen? So uh, through various forms, and that's also you know what makes some of our athletes so much you know more um, beneficial to work with. It's not just you know the fastest runners; it's also ones that are more articulate and able to give us feedback in a real and meaningful way. So you know Elliot is very brilliant in his ability to you know see products, see potential, and also kind of translate his feedback so that it is actionable. And that's also where um, different members of our team kind of play different roles. So some designers are very good at having that direct athlete conversation. We have other people who are developers and engineers who have great rapport with the athletes who are able to pull things, you know, from them. And that's also our, you know, my team's job in product marketing is making sure that we're we're pulling the right um, insights from the athletes and then being able to direct, you know, experts in a variety of different fields to to solve those problems. So. In this case, we actually traveled to Kenya and spent time with Elliot in his training camp to really immerse ourselves and get feedback from him in real time as he was using the products. 
because we have this great piece of paper where he actually drew the shoe um, with arrows pointing to very specific things he wanted um, changed and, you know, kind of signed at the bottom. With these changes, I will be ready to run in the London Marathon in this shoe. Uh, you know, just beautifully captured. You know, we have a great, you know, technology in 2018, but the, you can't underestimate the human interaction and the connection between people and that rapport that we're able to build with these athletes to be able to make something, you know, as advanced as a, the lightest, fastest shoe we've ever made using 3D printing. There's also that real human element of just trust and, you know, communication on a sketched out piece of paper that we were, you know, handing back and forth uh, across the table in Captagat, Kenya. Presumably that's one of the benefits of 3D printing though, right? That you can yes. adult, uh, alter and adjust that algorithm and make small changes, right. which I imagine can lead to the shoe being very customizable to be able to specifically be adjusted in that mm -hmm. program to match a specific athlete. Yeah, very well put. I think that's the, you know, the specificity of feedback uh, requirement is so much higher now because the changes we're making are so much smaller and more refined. Whereas if we were making, you know, see change, just massive changes, you don't need to get that specific of feedback, but we're down to pointing to very specific parts where we need to add security for a sensation that the, the shoe is going to hold up better for those athletes. So, you know, the, yeah, just the refinements needed are so much more small that we need to really get specific with the athlete. The Nike Vaporfly Elite Flyprint may be undergoing further development, but the design has already enjoyed success. Wearing the shoe, Elliot Kipchoge won the London Marathon in a time of 2 hours, 4 minutes, 17 seconds. Any future design changes will hope to build on this success even further. For more podcasts, visit desenyodaily.com.